praise his name yes. while Pastor Mike comes up. Very good idea. We do praise to Jesus. Jesus is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Raina. God bless you. Thank you, Jono and the team. What an awesome job. Fantastic. It's great to have you here today in our slightly warm auditorium. Who's uh, glad to be in church this morning? Who'd rather be in church in the best hospital in Perth? Who's breathing? Oh, I might have come to the right church this morning. Fantastic. So this is our Vision Sunday. It's a day in which we're going to do some vision casting and just uh, try and put out there what we intend on doing this year and to try and uh, ask you to be a part of the journey. And so a very big part of what we're doing this year is we're relaunching our Champions College on a Tuesday night. Uh, this is something that we did for a number of years. It was uh, very successful for a season, and we feel that it's a good thing to be doing again. And it's going to be doing a couple of aspects. One of it is that there will be extra courses on from time to time just to help build the church and to uh, you know, do Bible studies and all those sorts of things as well. But also we feel that there is, needs to be another slight pathway that people can walk in from the day they get to know Jesus to the day they get discipled and released. And we feel that a pathway for that is going to be very important. And the guy I'll be heading that up will be Pastor Leonard. He's just going to come up and give us a little bit to give the microphone there. Great. Thanks. And, uh, of course, Leonard's also running our men's ministry. So all the men go, ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. Morning, church. How is everybody? <laughs> Don't we have a great pastor? Sometimes. Yeah, all the time. All the Sometimes. Time. He's been working very hard. One of the uh, good signs of a good church is when they, uh, they do their yearly calendar, it's hard to fit everything in, and, and they've been struggling. Um, so that's, that's a sign of a good, healthy, growing church. And Pastor Mike's been dedicated to this, and you know, he, he is a great man of God, and we're privileged to have him. Um, but as he said, we'll give you the money later. No worries, just no one watches it. Okay? <laughs> we've got a couple of things coming up. We're just going to show a short video clip on uh, the college that we're going to start up. Hey, he's here today. The best is yet to come. Wonderful. What we're going to have is we're going to have uh, an eight-week course. We're going to do four courses each year during the school term. The reason why we're making them eight weeks is so they fit within a school term. It's nice and it's easy. They're going to be held on Tuesday at uh, 7.30 here in this church. So um, if you're one of the leaders, you come along at 6 till 7 for, for the uh, champions. Crew? Who, who thinks I look like Iron Man? No, no, no. And I refuse to wear leotards for anyone. <laughs> So that's what we're going to do. Now, it's going to be great. The first course um, that we're running is an encounter course with Pastor Mike and Gary. 
So anyone that wants to get involved with the um, altar ministry that we have after the meetings and wants to pray for people, that's a prerequisite to do that, uh, that ministry. So that's the first thing we're going to do. Now, the courses will be... Ex- um, we'll explore the dynamic of the miraculous and how to operate in the supernatural realm. This is an amazing course and is also a required course. So that's, that's the first uh, course that we're going to run, and that's going to start at 7.30 in this church. Now, that course is going to have a cost of $30, simply because there's some stuff we need to print out and there's some expenses that we're going to incur. So everyone that wants to do it, I'm going to be out in the foyer at the front of the church afterwards. Come and see me. I've got some enrollment forms. You just simply fill them out. If you... If on Tuesday, on Tuesday morning you wake up and God really puts it on your heart to come and you haven't filled out the form, don't worry. Come anyway and we'll organize it when you yeah. get here on Tuesday. And if money's a problem... If money's we'll a problem, come and see Pastor yeah. Michael or myself we'll and I'm sure we can organize something. We're also going to run simultaneously another course. And that course is going to be uh, done by me and Frank and Tanya. I'm sorry I didn't put that up there. And it's going to be Christian Living Course. And what it's going to teach is theology. We're going to teach theology. If you... Believe in God but not sure why you believe. Or if you're a new Christian and, and you want to uh, get a, a good systematic understanding of what uh, you, wanna, you need to believe to, um, to grow as a Christian, then this is a course for you. It's also good if you uh, like to witness and people ask you difficult questions. This is good. So the first course we're going to run this week... Oh, look, lots of writing. The first course that we're going to run this week, uh, this, the first lesson is going to be the relationship between Jesus and us. And we're going to look at it theologically. We're going to look at the relationships that we have in life and the relationship we have with Jesus and why it's so important. And then we're going to build on that. So then we're going to talk about grace and we're going to talk about the Bible and we're going to talk a whole lot of things. But we're going to teach a theology. It's not going to be easy stuff. It's going to challenge you. Um, what we want to do is create a mighty army for God mm. that is effective in what they do. That's okay. Um, so that's what we want to do. And we want you to come along. This course is free. Um, simply because there's less expense to run it. So, um, again, I'll be out the front and I will be there to uh, sign you up this morning. Now, I just want to talk about men's ministry, so we, but that's not all, sorry. <laughs> I but forgot. <laughs> we will be teaching a whole lot of other stuff during the year. Yeah. So, um, Pastor Mike's going to teach the Gospel of John yes. next term, which is going to be fabulous, so you can come along to that. I'm going to be teaching, um, sorry, let me go back one step. The course that I'm doing this term, if you want to get water baptized, this is the course for you as well. At the end of the course, we're going to do water baptism here on the church. Fantastic. So, and it's important that you understand why you get baptized. And and this is like Pastor Mike said, this is the pathway. So we pick you up, we take you down a pathway to release you into ministry. And we've got, it's not over yet or there's more to come, is because we've got a whole lot of courses that are this courseway, this pathway. We're going to do three this year, but there's another 10 in in the pipeline. And as we get more people to help teach, we'll run more each yeah. Tuesday night. You know, we've got a vision that we might run we five do. or six a night. In different areas of the church, we'll be running five or six different courses, and it will cause the church to grow and become strong and to be able to do what God's called us to Hallelujah. do. Amen. So that's great. Men's ministry. Ooh, men's ministry. We've got a video too. We now, video? in the last one, did everyone see the cameo by uh, Pastor Ashley Crane? Don't tell him I stole that off the internet. Don't tell him he was in it. Okay? But watch this. Need a new typewriter. It's a bit old. <laughs> Breakfast. 
Ooh. Now, this is a sandwich and a half. Ooh. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> Ooh. Serious man stuff. The best is yet to come. Best is yet good. to come. We had a fabulously last year with the men's ministry, but this year is going to be bigger and better than ever. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to have a, um, like we did last year, a breakfast one week, which will start next Saturday. Um, again, come and see me to sign up. That breakfast is free. You can eat as much as you want. It free? doesn't cost you anything. Free. That's oh, a very good deal, isn't it? It's a very good deal. I'm excited it's free. So come along, all the men. Bring your friends. Bring your friends along. This hey, year. Leonard. This Saturday. Our local member's coming as well. Our local member, Tony Booty, has already said that he's coming and going to bring some friends with him. Yeah. That's amazing. He's our evangelist now. He's, he's, I've been praying in the men's really? prayer meeting. We have a prayer meeting every Friday. I've been praying for a while. Lord, give this church some evangelists. You know, we want pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists. Well, Tony's doing the job. Yeah. He's bringing them along. <laughs> we don't know if he saved himself yet, but he's bringing them along. So praise <laughs> God for that. So we're going to have a great time. We're going to go sailing the following month. And then we're going to have breakfast and um, Mormon's uh, activities. Now, what we want to focus on this year is bringing your friends along. We want to make sure that, that this is not just a time where the guys just get together and have fun, but it is a time where we are seeing people saved to the yeah. kingdom. Amen. What we're also going to do is we're going to do a thing called Table Talk. Probably one of the best books I've ever read is a book called Table Talk. It's about Martin Luther. He used to sit down every night with a whole lot of people and eat. And as he was eating, he would talk. And uh, people would take notes and they wrote a book called Table Talk. So that's what we're going to do every Thursday night, every third Thursday of the month. We want you to come here, bring a pizza with you or something to eat and share. And then we're just going to talk about God. We're not going to sit there and have a, a, you know, A, B, C, D. We're going to share what's on our hearts. We're going to talk about the things that challenge us on a day-to-day basis and talk about what we believe God's talking to us about in the church and the life of the church. So that's a fabulous event that we're going to start. Um, we're going to have a camp at the end of the year. And at the end of the year, we're going to start a thing called Champions of Valor. Ooh. Ooh. And Champions of Valor are for the young men. And we're going to spend time with them and just uh, teach them and bring them along the journey. And we have a great time. So that's what we've got planned. Um, I'm excited about what God's doing in the church. I'm excited. It's absolutely fabulous. God is doing something miraculous in our church. We're seeing growth, not only in number, but in the people as well. And, uh, you know, this is a special place and God's got a special call for this church. And and we need all of you to jump on board. And, and, you know, Pastor Mike's doing a wonderful job, but we need to support him as much as we can. So come and see me after church if you want to do the Bible college courses or the champions courses or if you want to go to the men's breakfast god bless thank you very good who's excited it's pretty good isn't it thanks gary that's great
Um, actually, one of the men up in the video there is he's actually visiting with us this morning. It's a good friend of mine. It's, uh, his name is Patrick Wee. And Patrick, can you stand up so we can just embarrass you and give you a, a, a hand? A, a wonderful Christian brother who is a genuine hero was awarded. He jumped off an ocean liner to save a man in the middle of a storm, swam and stuff. We'd like to get him on the spotlight one day because he's got a great story about what God's done in his life and stuff. So now he's blushing. No. <laughs> so it's great to have you here. It's great to have the person next to you. Why don't you give him a shake and say, wake up. <laughs> wake up, Jeff. In fact, I've got to tell my little PDA to wake up as well. Great. So, look, it is that time of the year where we really are focused on trying to uh, harness the resource that God's given us in this location. You know, I, I'm unable as a pastor to take responsibility what happens in another location or another church. I'm called by God to take responsibility here. And I have to take that very seriously and I'll one day we'll have to give an account to God about that. Now one of the things that we're really trying to do this year is get incredibly organized with the sense of producing momentum. And so next week one of the things that we'll be doing to you is we are going to give you a professionally produced uh, calendar for the next six months of our church. So it's going to contain uh, all the dates, all the events that are happening and so what we're hoping to do is to level you up a little bit in terms of your commitment and your involvement. And what I'm looking is that if everyone, wave to me if you're an everyone, if everyone will just do a little bit more, say more, just a little bit more, we're going to be a better church, amen, isn't it? You know, that's all we have to do is if everyone just does a little bit more, a little bit more prayer, a little bit more giving, a little bit more service, a little bit more volunteerism, and we will be a better church for Jesus' glory. That's, that's what we hope to do this uh, year. Uh, so next year we hope to give you out a quality. Look, they're going to be about 2 bucks fifty each. You know, they're going to be high quality. They're going to be about 15, 16 pages. So uh, we want you to use those to inspire yourself that things are happening in the church and also to give them away, to leave them out on your coffee table. You know, to, to put them around so that you'll find people may be attracted to that. Uh, look, it's an old story, but I think it's a funny one of about a 19-year-old man who gets onto a bus in Japan and he demands, he tells the bus driver, you've got to take me to Haneda Airport. I think that's how you say it. My Japanese is terrible. Uh, you've got to take me there. And he's hijacking the bus. Now, the interesting thing about this particular bus, though, is that normally all the passengers and the drivers would be quite disturbed if someone gets on a bus and hijacks it. Yeah? You, you understand that? But in this particular bus, no one seemed to be particularly fussed or worried at all about this man demanding that the bus driver takes the bus to the airport. The reason why is that the bus was going to the airport. A lady's arrested by the police and says, it seems like for some reason this man was a bit disturbed and he just wanted to create a bit of an upset to get some attention. And even that he failed because the bus 
was going to the airport. Now, there is actually a reality that the church of Jesus Christ, the one that Jesus dreamed of, is a vehicle to take people somewhere. It's not meant to be a stationary object. It's certainly never meant to be four walls with a steeple on it and stained glass windows. Yes? Is that the truth? The church that Jesus dreamed of is a vehicle. It's to take us from the world to the kingdom of God. It's to take us from training to reigning. The church is designed to take us from earth to heaven, from isolation to community, from selfishness to significance. It's a vehicle that will storm the gates of Hades and go into all the world and all the byways and the highways in search of others. The church is people moving together, building momentum in a way that changes them and changes the world around them. That's a very good quote. I wrote it myself. That's a very good quote, isn't it? It is actually what the church is about. It's meant to go somewhere. It's meant to have wheels on it. And I love what Pastor Leonard said last Sunday, the glory train. That's a train to go somewhere. But the church in the Western world, let me say to you, Jesus is, Jesus is not worried about the church. Because the church he sees in Pakistan, in India, and in other places of the world is exploding with signs and wonders. Absolutely. Some of the things happening around the world would blow your mind. You know, we just had a little shot there of Pastor Ashley Crane. He recently went to Jakarta and preached at a church with 12,000 people in it in the city. Now, you know, that's, that's a Muslim country. And the influence of the church is so great that when I was sitting down having a cup of coffee at the end, he's looking at his watch thinking, uh, this isn't good. I've got to get to the airport. It's, you know, I'm late. Anybody know about Jakarta traffic? Uh, a few people know about Jakarta traffic. It's horrible. So he's getting really worried now. Saying he's going to miss his flight. And the pastor's saying, no, it's not a problem, not a problem. And he's looking at it. He's sweating bullets. You know, he's not a man of faith now. I'm going to miss my flight. I know this. And then finally gets out. He's sort of like got half the time he really needs to get there normally. But he gets out there and there's a three-car police escort to take him through the traffic to the airport and stuff. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. So God's doing, Jesus is pretty cool with the church. But can I say to the church in Australia, the church in the Western world is a bit broken. It's a bit broken. You know, we, the, it's becoming a lot more entertainment focused. It's becoming a little bit more about what's in it for me. All these phenomena are taking place because we don't see the demons in our world here. An outsider comes in and sees the complacency, the apathy, the lack of people at the prayer meetings, and they think, what's wrong with the church? We, we don't really see it, do we? But if you care for the church of Jesus Christ, if you've got eyes to see, you're beginning to notice that whilst here and there there are some credible uh, highlights, you know, like Hillsong Church and Influencers and Paradise. There's some wonderful highlights, but if we're not careful, we'll be blinded by the lights and not see what's happening to the church in our street. And I'm not talking about the local church. I'm talking about the church, capital C, the church universal, Jesus' church. 
the church is a little bit broken. I'm going to throw it a pretty simple video that will tell you what the issue is. But you know all this stuff anyway, but it breaks it up. You don't have to listen to me then for half an hour. That's the other one, sorry. That's another good video. We'll watch that one later. But the missional church. Did I give it to you? I think I did. That is Champion Lakes, yeah, on a really good day. <laughs> just while they find that, we will uh, just... Uh, no, they have found it? Good. Fantastic. Yeah, simple. It is simple, but who knows actually to turn the church around to be that is going to take the work of God. It's going to take revival to turn us around from being really a consumer of a Christian product into actually costly disciples for Jesus Christ. It is countercultural for us to want to do that. Let me give you perhaps another example. Uh, Tristan, can you come up and help me please? This is my son. My very handsome son. He doesn't have a girlfriend, by the way, but. Can you wrap me up, please? Starting from my legs. Starting from the feet. Because you don't want to get your feet dirty, do you? When you go walking out in the streets, you don't want to get dirty. So this will keep your feet dirty. Monica will never need to wash these jeans again. She's looking really happy. It's very good. It's very good. He's good, isn't he? Are you dizzy yet? Now, I'm feeling actually quite protected now from all the bugs in the room here right now. 
all the germs that you people are breathing out on me, you know. <laughs> More? Oh, sorry, let, uh, arms, arms, arms. Uh, honey, I borrowed your glad wrap. I'm getting dizzy. Are you getting dizzy? Yeah. How about I just... No, that's not helping. That's not helping? No. <laughs> They're not helping? Um, do we need the head? We do need the head. Sorry? No, I need the head. I want to I want to go for head. Cuz this is what's happening to the church of Jesus Christ. Is that we are got a nice little link the forces with you. So and then we say come join us. And we start to So this is the whoops. Ah, ah, the Hulk. Be free. Uh oh, that was the microphone. I'll buy you some more, more grab that. I mean, it's a silly little illustration, but it's probably the only thing you remember the whole sermon. <laughs> Thanks. But that's what's happening to the church. We are suffocating to death because we're now hermeneutically sealed from the world because you and I have gotten to the place where you would rather me do most of the work and hopefully God will bring revival somewhere, but please don't expect me to talk to my neighbours. You know, this is the challenge that the Church of Jesus Christ is facing. So the Bible says that without a vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed he keeps the Lord. When the people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Without prophetic vision, the people run wild. Where there is no vision, the people are embroiled and uncontrolled. So here is our text today. I want us to have a vision. I want us to lift our vision. I want a greater vision. I want every person that's sound in my voice today, if you can hear me, and if something stirs, to level up. To level up in some aspect or expression of your Christian discipleship. The great challenge of the church today is how do you take attenders to a service and turn them into disciples? They are not exactly the same thing. You can attend a church for 20 years and never give, never pray. You know the old story of the woman who was uh, come to the prayer meeting on a Tuesday night and it's just her and the pastor and a couple of other people and it's a really scary day. There's a big storm outside. The lightning's crackling and the thunder's growling and the rain's just pouring down and a poor man on the way to a fancy dress ball was wearing his devil's costume. He's going to a fancy dress ball. And so as he's uh, running down the road, the rain's coming, and so he thinks he'll take refuge in the church, and he bursts into the prayer meeting wearing his devil's costume. And this little lady panics, and she says, Look, look, I've never belonged here. I've always believed in you. <laughs> we have a vision. We have a vision to make a difference in our community. 
We have a local vision for significance. We have a local vision, a global vision for significance. We don't have to be big to be significant. I don't want to ever fall into the sin of David that counted the troops to determine how successful he was. We only count people because people count. But significance is not measured by how big you are. Significance is measured by what you do for Jesus. Gary, tell us a little bit about just one area. We've just heard about Rainer and uh, what's happening at UWA's local significance is, is just another little sign of the significance God's giving us as a local church. The prayer team is going out this year. We've never really done this before where we're going out to pray in uh, specific parts of Armidale. But also we're meeting with um, some of the movers and shakers of our local community to just to pray for them. So I was invited to join the chaplains at the local hospital this week. And I went for a meeting because they wanted to know what we were up to. And uh, they were extremely positive, extremely complimentary. And so we're just going to, they, they run this, they are the spiritual gatekeepers of our local hospital and we're going to be the prayer team behind them. But the significance of this is, is just the incredible opportunity that we have as a church to be significant locally just in the hospital alone at this point in time. Mm. So the first part, you know, God has opened doors incredibly miraculously. Uh, the church, the hospital at the moment has capacity to, ha to handle 60,000 emergency department um, people uh, per annum. They uh, handled 53,000 in the last calendar year. Uh, in 2014, they'll have 200 more beds in the hospital and they will only have seven less than Royal Perth. Wow. So this is an amazing opportunity. But the other part of the harvest is the refugees. They're amazing. Uh, when the refugee comes in the door, if you can follow what I mean, their responsibility starts. But once the refugees walk out the door, the hospital's responsibility ends. And we met with the, the chaplains and the administrator, and I was present at the meeting, met with um, the administrator on Friday, and she was virtually asking us as the representatives of the Church of Jesus Christ in this local community for answers as to how we deal with the refugees. They need to learn English. They need to learn computers. They're illiterate. They're they need us, jobs. Karen. And they, that, that, that's I, right. There is no they answer. don't have the answer, but we do. And we're going to work something out so that we can help the refugees. Fantastic. Uh, Dave, talk about our global significance a bit for us. Praise God. We are um, we're doing a lot of great stuff locally, but one of our focuses for outreach globally is we are in India. Praise God. Yep. Okay, we are in South Africa. We're in Pakistan. Yep. Um, through um, Ivan and Jane, we are all across the globe. Um, we are doing fantastic things globally. And um, we, have, uh, we have a great L5. Um, the, uh, I don't know where they are. But um, and ne next week we're having a planning session for the whole of the, um, 2013. Um, we're gonna we're gonna just plan the whole thing out. If you're really if you have a heart for outreach and you um, you want to just do fantastic things for God in outreach and globally, then next week after church we're meeting uh, and we're just gonna lay down a whole bunch of stuff. Lisa and I are gonna share our vision for outreach and uh, it's gonna be a fantastic time of planning. So if you um, are feeling stirred about things globally. 
next week is the week to kind of get on board and find out what's happening. Yep. Very good. Thank you. So, you know, this is, this is the heart of this church. And as you've heard me say in past times, if you're a visitor today or if you still haven't made up your mind yet where God's called you to serve, then please, we have no expectation of you. That's, that's cool. We just hope you're blessed by the service. We pray that God will really just speak to your heart. So this is not really for those who are outsiders. It's for insiders. It's for people who have said, no, this is where I believe God has called me to serve. We are either animals that have been accidentally put on this globe or we're people for purpose. We're either an accident of, you know, the cosmos waiting to die or you have a person and there's a purpose for you being born. We believe the Bible says that you have a purpose and your purpose includes you being connected to a local expression of the church of Jesus Christ somewhere, discovering why you're there, what your gifts are, and then releasing those gifts into the kingdom and in through the world by connecting to the vision of a local house somewhere. And so the message is, it doesn't have to be here. It doesn't have to be here. It could be somewhere else. But your job is to find out where your here is. But if your here is there or your there is here, then this is where you need to say, this is where I belong. This is where I want to connect. This is where I want to find out what my gifts and abilities are. And if nothing else, serve. Serve. One of the things I love about Asian congregations, and you know, Patrick could testify to this, is that you'll often get the most significant people in society on car park duty. You, know, you get high court judges making cups of tea. You get doctors and plastic surgeons, you know, straightening the chairs. You get people that, you know, have, uh, you know, they've got the wealth, the status, they've got the education, all those things, but they still put Jesus first. It's something Australians don't do as well sometimes. And Jesus needs to be first. Oh, Jesus needs to be first. He needs to be our priority. So we have local... We have a local vision and a global. We want to make a difference where we are. It's not that I'm famous or the church is famous. We want to make Jesus famous. When we talk about vision these days, sometimes it's coming out like a corporate plan. It's coming out like something a politician might talk about. A lot of the talk about vision these days is not what the Bible talks about. What the Bible talks about is that it is a corporate vision. It's something that we have to own together because without a vision, the people perish. Not the person, but the people perish. Without a progressive vision for the church of Jesus Christ in Armidale, in every church, then the people in this city are going to go to hell. The people perish without a progressive vision. It's not always about a bigger house or a bigger thing. It's also a supernatural deal. It's supernatural communication. Vision does not come out of a strategy session with some sort of consultant working out something really cute and neat. It's actually something born in the heart of God, born in His heart, transmitted into the heart of a senior leader, whether that's a, in this case, that's me. I don't like the word senior. Into a lead minister somewhere. <laughs> It's communicating to the heart of a man or a woman somewhere who articulates to a group of people and they say, this is God and I'm going to follow it. 
That's what it is. It's supernatural. It doesn't always make sense. It's not always something safe. In fact, I think the best visions that God gives are very unsafe. It's supernatural. And it's something that harnesses the people. You cannot get very far with a one-dog sled. You can't get very far with a one-horse stagecoach. You need to harness all the people in their right locations in order that the vehicle goes somewhere. Can you say amen? Amen. So this is the vision of the local church. It's for Jesus' glory. It's what our God deserves. Amen. And it's what we can do for him. We can all level up. If you're over the age of 60, talk to a young person. I'll tell what leveling up is for you. But we're just going up that little bit more. Local significance. It's good to have a vision for your retirement. Amen. It's good to have a vision for your marriage. Amen. It's good to have a vision for your children. Amen. It's good to have a vision for your business. Amen. It's good to have a vision for your health. But this is not what church vision's about. It's not what Proverbs 29 verse 18 about. It's about God speaking from heaven. Let it be. When God creates, he speaks it. People believe it and the world changes. If you actually do a survey through the scriptures, it's actually very interesting. Compare the Lord did and the Lord said. The Lord did. And the Lord, just run through and you compare. Guess what? The Lord did some stuff. But you know what was the number one way that God actually changes the world? He speaks. He says, let it be. And things happen as people get on and they change it. Well, I know the challenges because sometimes we look at what's around us and the need and we often think that, well, what can I do? What can my couple of dollars a week in a Medimite little film container do? It can save lives. What can my little bit do coming to a prayer meeting? What can my little bit do making some teas? What can my little bit do? And we often, you know, the devil cons us out of significance because we won't just do the little bit that we can do. Just uh, a little bit. There's a couple of things that we're going to do quite early in this year. And uh, I'm really going to ask that you put your whole heart and soul into a mini DVD conference that we're going to be having, uh, not not starting next week, but starting the week of the 17th of February and the 24th of February. It's going to be a longer session. It's going to be teaching by DVD, something that we don't normally do. But it's a series called The Blessed Life by a guy called Robert Morris. That's him up there. He is an American, but some Americans are okay. It's true. I've met some. Some are nice. Yeah, some are nice. He's American, but he's not a showy guy. He's not a yeller, shouter. It's not all about that. This is some of the best teaching I've ever had uh, uh, that I've heard on giving. It's very biblical, and I want us to go on that journey. I find that if I teach on giving, I feel that you've got this sort of like cynical Australian attitude that he's after my money. So I'd rather not put myself in that zone. Maybe you don't think that. But what I do know is this, is that about only about 9% of the church of Jesus Christ tithes. And if we had 100% of the church tithing, we could do so much more. We could do so much more. And it's not going to be spent on me. It's going to be spent out there in the world doing what we're meant to do. So we're going to go through this. We're going to break it up with a give you some free donuts and things like that. But can I ask everybody here, can you just be there for those two weeks, please? 
Thank you. <laughs> really appreciate if you could make that as an effort. Series based and giving sure Because what we're going to do is we're going to stay. We're not. <laughs> am I going to say this? We're not going to take up offerings anymore. We're getting rid of offerings. I mean, how brave is that? That's pretty radical. We're not going to have offerings anymore. We're just going to let you give when you feel like it. <laughs> Dear Jesus, help me. <laughs> and so we'll walk you through that whole process. But we often think that when you come to a service for the very first time, to hear someone give a five-minute talk on money is probably not a helpful thing for them to hear. Probably doesn't make any difference. For me and my wife and our family, we're already committed. It comes whatever's said at the front. And I think sometimes you go to some meetings and there's just not one offering, there's two, three offerings. And it gets a bit tacky sometimes. And I don't think Jesus is all that happy when you've got um, people really getting up and putting pressure on people to give. I don't think that's really something Jesus would do. So we're, we're, we're going to just try and do the right thing on that. And yes, we'd love to put in uh, refrigerated air conditioning. Yeah? <laughs> but if we can just all tithe, we can put in refrigerated air conditioning. It's, it's, it's that simple. It's really that simple. And a part of that, what we're also going to do is that with some reluctance and sadness, we will not do a one-day world offering this year where we would ask you as a congregation to give up one day's pay for world missions. Hey, I love it. And I, I thank God for what we've been able to do with that. But I and the board, I'm not, not blaming the board, but I believe this is true too, but we have, a, we have a significant mortgage here as a church. And we're okay because, you know, all the bills are paid. Thank you, Jesus. All the bills are paid. But we do have a $2 million mortgage. We have the largest mortgage probably in our state for the ratio of people that we have. And we would like to pay it off. So we're going to believe God. So we're, we're going to take up a special offering in June later this year, and we're going to just... just begin to pay down that mortgage and believe God for the supernatural. But I find that uh, faith means I've got to do something. If I don't do anything, then it's just hope, it's wishful thinking. Abraham made his faith complete by what he did. And so we're going to do stuff to position ourselves for a miracle of breakthrough financially. And we're even thinking that we might even sell this building and go out to Greenfields Estate and start all over again. We're looking for five, ten years down the track because we have a vision. We have a vision, a greater vision, to have greater influence in the community. And, you know, we can't do everything, but we can do something. Let me introduce you to the starfish thrower. Great story. You would have heard it, but this has been dropped to a video.
That's great, guys. Let me introduce you to one of my starfish, Isaac and Zahidi. Come out here. We, we can't help every asylum couple and every refugee, but here's my starfish. Come out here. Let's give them a welcome as they come. Just tell the people a little bit about your story. Just a little bit about, you know... Coming to this Australia, coming to Australia, needing help, stuff like that. Good morning. We are from Pakistan, and we're born as a Christian from Pakistan. I don't know what it's going to call me here. It's nervous, but I'm trying. As you know, all that uh, Christian life in Pakistan is very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. It's not like here. You come and worship. You stand here. You talk about anything. It's not like there at all. There, when you come inside the church, they have to search you inside the church. They search you. Sooner the church finish, they will tell you, go, no time to go. And uh, you people are really blessed here. It's not, uh, we, and we don't have this type of things. I came here, I was shocked. Although we was in South Africa, we ran away from Pakistan, long time. We was in South Africa, and things was there also good. But when we reached here, we saw things totally different. People is blessed, very much blessed. And this thing is shocking us, you know. That whole people, you come, you build a church wherever you want to build. There's no problem. In Pakistan, we Christians, we cannot mix with them. We cannot stay where they are staying. Some of area, you cannot touch the pot. If you touch the pot, they beat you. And they break the pot. Because they say, is unholy. We people are unholy. I doubt. It's sad. It's very, very sad that we are unholy. We are children of God and we're unholy. We don't know. All we are praying to the God that things can come right 
and we will be blessed like you. Yeah. One day. And I want you to please, please pray. Not for me only, but all Pakistani people. India, my yeah. brother, he went there. Iran especially. Iran is suffering more than us. China. We have, I actually have a passion in me when God make me stand on my feet. I try to get people, my own people, my Christian brothers and sisters from Pakistan to bring them some other country because when they have a problem, they are telling us, go to Christian country. Don't stay here. This country is not for you. So go to your own people. And when we came here, we went so much places and nobody even helped us. When we came to this church, I really give thanks to pastor. He believed on us that we really have problems in Pakistan. Then I thankful to Brother John and his wife. Without asking any question, they took us into our to their house. Thank you. That's fine. And this is the amazing thing is that together we can actually change the world over and over again. One life at a time, one refugee family at a time. You know, many of you probably don't know that we actually uh, run a house through the generosity of a person here through Southside Care. We actually provide a place for domestic violence victims. You know, this is most stuff that you will never, ever see advertised on a Sunday because we need to protect problems. But Southside Care, our youth work, what we do over and over again is because we want to make life a bit better for those people out there. And they need Jesus. They absolutely need Jesus. Most people are, uh, you know, they're prejudiced against the church itself. The church, they think, is stale and stained glass and bells and smells. What they need is life, the life that Jesus gives. And so we want to turn the church around from being invitational. Come to us. Come to us. We'll turn on bigger lights. We'll turn on bigger machines, whatever, into actually missional and going through. And what I really pray today is that God, through the Holy Spirit, will begin to redeem our imagination. That the Holy Spirit can take our imaginations and we can begin to dream of a better Armadale. Dream of righteous politicians. Dream of councils that are, can actually make wise decisions. To dream of schools where they don't have to have security guards and drugs aren't being given out in the primary school. To dream of places where the refugees can come and find our oasis of hope. To dream again. Because it's not about the, t the bells and the smells. It's about people. Love God and love people. I love my God and I'm trying to learn to love people. <laughs> Some are easier to love than others, if you notice. So, fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Carolyn. God bless you. One of you might be st uh, just stand. We'll
dismiss you today. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask that uh, each of us here today would just reflect where we are right now. And, you know, I really do hope that this hasn't come across as uh, any sense of condemnation or any sense of failure. The truth is the church is doing really well. I'm delighted. I've got a great team. Things are really pumping. It's fantastic. But I've got more in my heart. I, uh, if, if this is, seriously, if this is all that I believe God had called me here to do, then I'd, I'd be out of here. You, you know what I mean? I mean, I've got here. We're, we're here. Church is full today. Absolutely packed to the rafters. Church is full. But I want to tell you, I've got a lot more in here. I have a lot more in there. Vision from God to continue to see this world change through this little church at the end of the railway line in Armadale. So wherever you are, whatever circumstance you face, can you look at this year and say with me, we can level up a bit. You know, we can just actually maybe attend church a little bit more regularly. We can perhaps start going to the prayer meetings. We can start a 10-year connect group. We can go to the Champions College and actually do one of those equipped courses that Pastor Lynn was talking about. I can go to the men's meeting. I can go to the women's meeting. No, not me. Um, I... We can all do something to level up for this year in the name of Jesus for his glory. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord, of every age, of every shape. Thank you for the cultures represented here today. Lord, I thank you for their time. Thank you for their talents. I thank you for their treasure. Lord, this year, we want to all present this on your altar, Lord, and ask you to let your fire fall upon it as a sacrifice, Lord, that would bring you pleasure. Dear God, use me, use my team, use, these, uh, use this facility, Lord. Use us, dear God, to build your kingdom in Armadale. Lord, help us to achieve even greater things for you in the name of Jesus. And just where everybody's standing right now, just ask that question, what can I do this year? Lord, speak to me about where I can actually step up that level, do a little bit more. Lord, it could just be to come in and make a few phone calls, Lord, to do some visitation, Lord, to invite some people home, Lord, for uh, dinner after church. Lord, it doesn't have to be anything, Lord, you know, that's extravagant. But, Lord, we want to do more for you. Speak to our hearts, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And, praise God, it's official, we've got a new happy song for Mike. We will launch it at last. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I still think it should be happy though, anyways. Though, so. <laughs> it's great. God bless you. Look, uh, it's been a real delight to have you with us, fellowshipping with us for the very first time. We do have a welcome lounge out here to my left, your right as you go out. Love to meet you in there if you're visiting with us. We also do have a team of people that are skilled and trained and spiritual that will be here at the end of the service to pray for you. And we call them our encounter team. And I want to tell you, over and over again, we see the supernatural. We see miracles over and over again. So if you need something like that in your body, please don't leave this building with a need emotionally, spiritually, physically, psychologically, without doing some business with God. Amen? God bless you. Thanks, Jono.
Nothing's impossible, oh, yeah? Mm. Sue you, I can do anything. <laughs> 